G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, let's get an update today. World Vision has partnered with international research organisation Barna Research and they uncovered some amazing insights around young people. The facts are that Australian teens are unique in their concerns, especially around issues like mental health. And this first-of-a-kind study, this international research, is about understanding the identity, the values and the views of our teenagers. Wonderful to welcome back to 2020 today the Reverend Noddy Sharma, Head of Community, Faith and Partnerships for World Vision Australia. Noddy, a special welcome back. Hey, thank you. It's great to be here with you. Last time we spoke, you were about to get underway with a whole lot of gatherings and webinars, and you were going to share these results far and wide. What sort of response have you had from church leaders and from local church communities? Hey, it's been really good, actually. We had we did we we, tra- we travelled around the country, and it was the first time we'd probably done that since COVID, right? So it was interesting to go out, but it was really good. Uh, we we hit up three cities: Brisbane. Sydney and Melbourne, we had uh, hundreds of pastors turn up to it, really, really engage in this conversation. And I think this was the whole invite to this was around, this is not something we're going to be able to solve. This is, this is a piece of data that's sitting there. And I would actually say that that data in itself almost sits as, um, you know, a thermometer. It reads, it reads what's going on in this generation. But for us as followers of Jesus, you know, as the church, leaning into this space, even as parents, teachers, educators, I, I want to call us out to say, hey, we're actually, we're supposed to be more than thermometers. We're supposed to be thermostats. In other words, it's one thing to understand what's going on. It's another thing to be able to dial up a different temperature. And I think we do that through conversation. And that's really what we saw happen. We had this great start of a conversation that I hope and pray will continue Uh, to just go deeper and deeper into all the corners of Australia. And we're talking young people and a global conversation here because for listeners, uh, World Vision isn't just World Vision Australia. It's a big global Christian foundation organisation that really has a reach right around the world. This big study, 25,000 teens aged 13 to 17 across 26 different countries, is there a way that the Australian statistics were actually visible out of that big study? Yeah, so we actually generated country reports as well. So there was a global report that happened, and it did. It had that, it had that big global story where we start to see what the young people are thinking. And, and, you know, I was fascinated by this. You might find this interesting. You know, out of all the questions that got answer, uh, asked and answered, when it all got brought together, do you know that equated to 7.4 million pieces of data? In other words, all those questions when they get put in and, and, and asked and then answered with multiple ways, someone said to me that each one of those data points is a story waiting to be told. And I thought, that's brilliant. But when, you, when you're looking at a size that, that's, that's so large, how do you actually dig down and get to the story, get to the real gold? So what we went through is we went through and did country reports as well. So Australia has its own country report, 
And of those kids, those teens that were actually in there, it's about a, a, a test case of a 1,000 young people across Australia. And that's their own country report that's existed for us. And when we talk different countries, 26 of them, mm. and you can single out which countries and the data that's come back and you can, you can get all sorts of really wonderful insights, how do our young people compare to what's going on in some of these other nations? Do you know, it was fascinating that Australia differed in one major point to every other country in the world. So most other countries around the globe their number one concern, when, when young people are asked, hey, what's your number one concern that's keeping you up at night? And you have to realize that this is done in the context of asking kind of three big series of questions, right? One's, one's about what do young people think of Jesus? Next one's about what do they think about scripture? And then the next one is, is around what do they think about social impact or changing the world? And so when you're asking about the concerns of young people, it's around this lens of what does the social impact look like? What do you want to see changed in the world? In every other country around the globe, in those 26 countries that, that were actually interviewed, they all said the number one concern they had was climate change. <laughs> and, I, and I believe that they will actually, this is a generation that will do something about it. It's going to be crazy to watch because they're not arguing whether or not it's real. <laughs> they're just saying, no, we're going to solve this. In Australia, our number one concern from our teens, now this, this, this is concerning. The number one concern is actually mental health. In Australia, different from every other country in the globe for young people. When we think of World Vision, and uh, lots of listeners will think, oh, World Vision, the 40-hour famine. And mm. I know you've got one coming up. We'll mention that a little later in our conversation as well. But World Vision is a Christian organisation providing relief, providing aid, uh, looking into the way that you can support families uh, in all sorts of developing nations around the world. So when we think about the idea of mental health and climate change, World Vision is right in the middle of all of that, but I'm sure that listeners will be actually impressed to have heard that one of the questions that you're asking is really a faith-based question. What sort of responses were you getting? Because it's all very nice to talk about climate change and such things, but what sort of responses were you getting on the faith-based questions? So it was interesting. The faith-based question was was an important one because we, I mean, one of the things that World Vision does, which I love, is that World Vision uses faith leaders at the centre of community development, right? So when we get access to clean water and we're access to health and education and all that sort of stuff, it's around abundance of life. Like, how do you think about the community being able to stand on its own two feet? And the most trusted voice is the faith leader of that community. So we wanted to ask that question around faith, especially here in Australia, around, well, what does it look like to have a faith leader or faith back in the center of this discussion? And what we found was that most people, when we asked them, hey, what do you think about Jesus? Um, they were like, yeah, no, we, we like what he stood for. He was great. We, we like Jesus. Interestingly, amongst the young people that actually answered it that were Christian, the question of whether or not he was the son of God and did in fact die and was raised to life again that was that was questioned. They weren't really sure. They weren't quite sure what to make of that, you know. Which which I think is concerning. It probably means that the very foundation of of what it is to actually have a faith in Jesus is that that's our core belief. You know that he was the Son of God. That he did die. That he he was raised back to life. And that's what brings us hope and light and restoration and, and understanding of grace. And you know. I won't start preaching, but this is this is the thing that that is probably the disconnect. When asked about scripture, like what do you think about the word of God to humanity, um, 
most young people came out and basically just said, mm, no, we, we, it doesn't really resonate with us. We don't spend a lot of time reading. And interestingly enough, we see this, that, that that next generation aren't spending as much time in, in large slabs of text. They don't have the attention span. They're not going to reflect in it for a long time. And ultimately, that's what the Bible is. It's a large slab of text. So, you know, there's a disconnect there. And then the social justice thing goes through the roof. Now, I'd want to say this to us, that we, at no point, I think, in our faith, as the church, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, even as a Christian nation, at no point were these three things ever supposed to be separated. The person of Jesus, the word of God to humanity, and the way in which we turn up in the world and do good, those three things were supposed to help us go deeper in our understanding of who we are as people, how we've been created, how we've been made. They're supposed to drive us back into this place of understanding that Jesus is there calling us to a new future, that the word of God is there guiding us, and that doing good in the world is a way to turn up that actually engages people's hearts. Noddy, you really raise a very important point when you talk about how young people have become disconnected from these basic understandings of Christianity. And I've got to ask you here about the church, because it's all very well to say, oh, woe is us and whose fault was it? Let's point a finger or two. But when you recognize that this is the status of young people with their skepticism, their cynicism about the church, how you actually get a reconnect from the disconnect. You've been running these webinars. You've been talking to churches. And uh, is there some sort of action that you know, you might be sensing that the, there's something going on that churches have got to make an adjustment to be able to reconnect with young people. You know, I don't think, I mean, it's such an interesting thing to talk about the church, right? Because what we start to then do is we start to think about the church down the road, right? And it exists of four worlds of building and a community of people that turn up and somehow they we're asking them to change what they do in order to be able to connect. I, I want to help us for a moment think through the church differently. The, the church isn't just a representative of the group down the road. The church is any person that actually says, yes, I'm following Jesus. You know, it's, we, are, we are so much more than a building or, a, or one community. We actually take the kingdom of God with us wherever we go. We are the church. So when, we, when we're asking the question of, hey, how do we as the church respond, I want us to think differently around this. This is not, hey, this is the pastor's job or this is that, that community down the road that's hurt my feelings or have done something to me or that are a little bit weird. No, it's not that. It's, it's if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, we are the church. And so, yes, we need to turn up differently. Yes, we need to do something that's more engaging. We, we need to be willing to have conversations and step into relationship and space that may not feel like it's comfortable to do, but we desperately need to do it because that's where I believe Jesus asks us to go. Let me come back to what I mentioned, uh, the 40-hour famine. You've got another one of those coming up at the end of August. I think it's the 25th to the 27th of August. And uh, for those who might be remembering the 40-hour famine, maybe it's slipped through the cracks somehow and you're not really giving that much attention. But there's something about that 40-hour famine that connects the uh, Word of God, yep. uh, relationship with Christ. I mean, 40 hours, uh, like 40 days in the wilderness. And also the thought of helping into a developing world context, the action that comes. There's something in that 40-hour famine that connects those things you're saying there's a bit of a disconnect. 
It absolutely does. And and you know what else it does? It actually um, leans back into a bit of nostalgia for us too as Australians, right? And and I, I think we, we touched on this last time I was chatting to you that Australia is an amazing nation. Like we really are. We've, we are. we've always looked out for the underdog. We've always stepped up when there's an emergency. We're one of the first countries to ever respond. We we punch above our weight in terms of our leadership globally. You know, we are an amazing nation. And one of the things that I think is the hallmark that has made Australia great is the fact that we've turned up and done something about or been involved with the poor. We've had a heart for them. We've had empathy. We've given money. We've raised money. We've kept attention and spotlights on famines, on on droughts of all sorts of things that have occurred that have had that has a real world impact to people. We've cared. And I think what the 40 hour famine does is it does something really good. It actually crosses generational bounds, right? So what it means is, is instead of just expecting it's this next generation's opportunity to try and do something, it actually allows us to beckon all in together across the generations because we're building something that's quite nostalgic across the generations in a moment where we get to pick something real that will change a person's life, and we get to allow a community to come together and do something incredible. And I think, you know, someone said to me the other day, hey, Noddy, why, like, back when Bono was going on about, about you know, ending famine, et cetera, et cetera, like, that's when it was really about, you know, famine and poverty, et cetera. Sadly, I think we forget that after, you know, the global pandemic, after the, the, the climate change we've seen, after literally wars that have broken out, we have so many people, especially in the East Horn of Africa and and surrounding regions, that parents are needing to choose which child they're going to feed today. They're they're walking on foot for days just to be able to try and get life for their kid in a malnutrition centre set up on the side of the road. It's We're talking like every 10 seconds a child is dying from malnutrition and hunger. So we've got famine, poverty and... Faith, uh, important elements of what World Vision is working with. Two things to mention here. Some webinars that are coming up. Uh, There's one coming up on the 20th of July, an open generation webinar, which is about connecting with churches. It's about ensuring that churches are not disconnected from the data that says this is what Australian young people are about right now. And, of course, then there's the 40-hour famine coming up 25th through the 27th of August for listeners to connect with World Vision. Now, to be a part of that webinar, let me give you a email address, which will give you some access to a link. The email address is very simple to remember, church at worldvision.com.au. It's about church leaders. It's about connecting with the data that's come from this open generation research church at worldvision.com.au and of course the 40-hour famine coming up no doubt you'll get lots of great details there on the world vision website worldvision.com.au noddy sharma is the head of community faith and partnerships for world vision australia noddy great catching up thanks so much for a great update today on 2020 thank you so much for having me Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.